0: Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Mesa Christian Church. We did the Holy Spirit encounter one. This is encounter two. So uh, it's great to be. It's great to have David and Jeanette Palmer with us. David came last year, and they're from the Believe Church. That's a good name for a church. Believe Church, eh? David, can you come up for one minute and just tell the folks what happened last year and what's happened since? Just in, a very, I know this is really hard of you in one minute, but... Uh. Uh, 60 seconds. I, so I came last year and God had been preparing me for a few years. And uh, uh, in, I, I said it last year, in one message, Ross dismantled every excuse I had why God couldn't show up in our church. <laughs> I I went back, changed. Something happened to me. I started having God encounters in the... 7-Eleven in, in my area is so anointed, I... Pray for people there. I meet almost weekly. I have encounters with God. Our church is just in transition right now. We've had more healings in the last twelve months than we've seen in the previous thirteen years. And God just keeps showing up. David, how awesome is that? I don't run away. God says there's more. There's much more. There's much more, and I can see that hunger in your heart. There's much, much more because. You're hungry, but you're now walking into. I see a large, open heaven over your soul. We preached at that church a few months ago, and it was we had a great time. But I can see something. I can see you moving into a. You're moving into a place where you're not as tentative, but you're becoming more confident and sure with your steps in the spirit. And because of that, there's going to be a new authority come over your life. A new increased authority is being released, and it's not only going to shake your church, but it's going to shake your community in greater ways. I release that, and I see it in the Spirit, in the name of Jesus. Go for it. God bless you, mate. Wow. Lockie, your turn. Come on up here, mate he wasn't even registered but it's not safe to come here if you're not registered Sorry. lucky th- th- this is what the holy spirit just showed me as we were worshiping for I looked over and I saw you I saw you a man that was someone had tried to dress you in Saul's armor instead of David's armor and so there have been some people in your life and may even be now that have been trying to uh, restrict or put stuff on you that's not really you. But I see the Spirit of God within just breaking. Let's say, I want to be in my own armor, in my own skin, in my own freedom, not in an independent way, but in a freeing way, because that's who God's created you to be. And he says, just dismantle that stuff over your mind and expectations of others that have tried to numb you down and slow you down from the life of the Spirit. Because there's, a, there's an anointing within you and you need to let it run. Don't, don't be restricted and God will show you what parts to let go of and what parts to hold to so that you can be the real you, Lockie, the man of God. Freedom in the Holy Spirit, Father, let that be, Lord, just release every intimidation that the enemy has tried to bring upon him, Lord, other people who have tried to lock him up, I release him from that now, I see that loosening off him, and I see him just rising and running with freedom in the Holy Ghost. Lord, I see that for him, a man of courage and faith, a man of freedom in the spirit. And I release that Father. In Jesus' name. And I see other young people running after and following you, your heart because they'll see a freedom and a life of the Spirit that they are hungering for in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you, mate. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. You're going. <laughs> oh. <laughs> God's good. I want to encourage you. when. When I worship, I taught you last year, when I worship, my hands go up and they're my antenna. And I just say, Holy Spirit, what are you up to today? I go and I enjoy worship, but there's always at least two conversations going on in your heart. You're loving and worshiping God, but you're also saying, Holy Spirit, what are you up to today? What do you want to speak to me and what might you want to speak through me? If you're in a leadership role or in a position of uh, influence, is that what God wants? Josiah, I saw you just stepping up. I I saw you growing in spirit. I saw you growing taller and you are physically growing taller. But I saw you growing on the inside. I saw your spirit just expanding like someone's had the air pump on and you're just getting bigger and bigger on the inside. It doesn't look like on the outside because you're skinny as. But I saw your spirit just expanding and you've set time aside so that you can grow in the spirit. You'll grow with understanding, but the most important thing is grow as a man of the spirit. Learn the ways of the Holy Spirit because that'll keep you going way past any education or learning you get because the ways of the spirit will direct your life forever. Hallelujah. God's good, eh? God is so, so good. Well, first session, I want to talk a little bit about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That amazing thing that sometimes when we travel, we go into churches, and I rarely see the gifts of the Spirit flowing in Pentecostal church, and I shake my head thinking, what happened? I was raised in Pentecostal church, and some, I, I see exceptions, and I see some flowing, and it doesn't have to be in a particular way, but it's just the life of the Spirit. And God anoints your preaching, He anoints um, your worship, but we need to make room for the gifts of Spirit in church, because church is the training ground. If you're not doing them in church, you're probably not going to do them out in the community, you're probably not going to do them in your family, and you're, you're not likely to be God to trust you to flow in them to win unsaved people to Jesus. And so I just want to stir our hearts a little bit on the gifts of the Spirit for this first session. And uh, Matthew 3.16, as soon as Jesus was baptized, He went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on Him. And uh, the Mark version says that He saw the heavens torn open and that's another whole message, which I did last year, on open heaven over our lives. But here it says, the dove came. Now an interesting aspect of doves, what a beautiful bird they are. We've got some turtle doves living in our backyard, and there's two half-grown ones, and the mum and dad, and, they, and they're and they just amazing how they communicate and connect. I've never really watched a family of turtle doves, but they're being harassed by those Indian minor birds, so they're, they're hanging around our house for safety. And I've watched them, and doves are amazing creatures. And uh, someone said that doves have got two wings. We all know that. Two wings and the doves are representing the Holy Spirit. So we need the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit to be flowing in our lives in our churches. Because if you only got one wing going, what happens to a one wing bird? They crash really quick. Or if you're out rowing and you lose one of your oars, what happens? You go round and round in circles. And if we focus on just the fruit... Or just the gifts, you, your life and your church will go in circles and will not have forward propulsion and momentum. The other interesting thing is that the, the the feathers on the tips of the wings of the doves have nine points on the end of each feather. So one wing is the nine fruit of the Spirit, and the other ones the nine gifts of the Spirit. How amazing is our God that He's created a dove as a representative of the Spirit, and He's created their feathers. To be like, and someone said some of their tail feathers have five tips, which is the five five-fold ministry gifts: apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist. How awesome is that that God's used the dove and he's designing their feathers to actually highlight the ministry of the Spirit of God. And when I sort of heard this a while ago, it stirred my heart again. And the Lord said, You need to preach on the fruit and gifts. And I'd already started doing a series on the fruit. And I felt the Spirit nudge and so say, you need to teach on the gifts. I said, I did that a while ago in our church. And then I went back through my notes and I, I was horrified. It was 11 years since I'd done a full series on the gifts of the Spirit in our church. We'd done it in life groups. We'd done it in Bible college other things. But I'd, I hadn't taught through the, the gifts of the Spirit for 11 years in our church. And I was rebuked myself because I consider myself someone who likes to make room for the Holy Spirit. So I started teaching through the, the, the gifts of the Spirit one every week. And people say, well, that'll get a bit boring. It's the most exciting thing. And the most amazing thing has been happening the last weeks in our church. Whichever one I preach on, that's what starts to manifest in the congregation. When I did the gifts of healing, sure enough, the following Sunday, two people came back and said, we got healed last week. One lady, had, uh, some of you know, she's had a serious car accident. And, uh, and she uh, has got so many bits of metal in her. And whenever she comes out the front... She says, if I get prayed from the power of God comes, I don't want to fall down because I'm not sure if I'm ever going to get up because she's got so much joined together. It's a miracle she's alive. But the other Sunday, I was preaching on that the other Sunday and she came out and, and I'd forgotten that she had to listen. Next minute, she's on the floor. The power of God's all over her. She gets up and I see her going like this with a neck. She came back the next Sunday and she didn't tell me straight away because she wanted to make sure this was real. Because sometimes when you're in the emotion of a meeting, and think, oh yeah, I'm healed. And then you go, wake up next morning, there's pains everywhere. You get caught in the emotion or the adrenaline. She waited a week and she came and saw me and said, remember last Sunday when I got prayed for, I went on the floor and I don't normally go on the floor because I'm too scared of something else might break. She said, when I got up, there was no pain in my neck and I could turn it like this and this. And there was no creaking pain for the first time, I think for seven or eight years. I thought, God, you are awesome. Another guy comes to me, this is last Sunday, and tells me, he says, remember a couple of weeks ago we prayed for people, you had a word of knowledge about people's backs? And I said, yep. He said, I got prayed for, I went home, I felt God touched me and I was, still wasn't healed. A few mornings later, I woke up and I reached across to get my Bible for devotions while I'm still in bed. And he said, all of a sudden, my whole back just cracked and went all in line, I've had no pain since. I thought that's the Holy Spirit at work. How was that? Reaching for your Bible and he gets totally healed. That's a word for someone here, eh? And and I thought, when when whatever you focus on is where you're gonna head towards. It's what you give, um, what you open the door for. We are door openers and gatekeepers. So we help open the door in the natural and the spiritual over our families, over our churches, whatever your sphere of influence is. And as parents, we know that. If we open the door and teach our kids to pray and love God and love church, guess what? That Most of them end up going that way. We open the door or we can close the door, depending on our faith or our fear. And so in the spirit realm, I want to encourage you, let's make room for the gifts and the fruit of the spirit. And uh, we need both of them flowing really well. Acts eight in the Amplified says... But you will receive power and ability. Wow. So that word dunamis in the original language means power or dynamite, but it also means ability. God will give you supernatural ability when the Spirit of God comes upon you. In other words, He takes you beyond your natural levels of education, experience, um, physical capabilities, whatever. He will take you way beyond that. That's why it's called supernatural. It's above the natural. So when the Spirit of God comes on us, we move from being just a natural person connected to the supernatural God... So why are we surprised when supernatural things start to happen in our lives or our church or around us? And God wants us to have that expectation. So it says you will receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Not just when you sort of have a nice goosebump feeling in its service, but when you let the Spirit of God come upon you and live within you and flow through you, it says that He increases and brings supernatural ability. And you will be my witnesses to all people about me, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. Fruit grows, but gifts are given. Fruit grows. I I see some people just wanting to increase their patience, and they're so intense about impatience that they're a a pain to live with. Just let the fruit grow. If you're making room for the Spirit, and you're worshipping, and letting the Word do its work, and, and... doing the best you can in relation. Guess what? Fruit grows. I don't have to go down to my mango trees down the backyard and yell at them every morning, just grow some mangoes. You'd think I was crazy. And yet some Christians just about beat each other up over the head trying to make fruit grow. Fruit will grow if you keep the right environment, place of love and acceptance, making room for the Spirit in your worship and prayer and word and all those things. It will just grow. And God wants it to be healthy fruit so others can, that get close enough to it can pick it and take some of the nature of Jesus because the fruit of the Spirit is the nature of Christ. So let's have some nice, healthy, ripe fruit for everyone in our world, in your church, in our community. They get close enough to us, they grab some fruit of kindness. They grab some fruit of love or peace. And, and it's something just overflows. So fruit grows, but gifts are given. And we've got to choose whether to accept them or not. Now, I guarantee that none of your kids or grandkids have still got unopened Christmas presents from last Christmas. Most of them have got them open before Christmas Eve or, or about three on Christmas morning, whatever time it happens, you know. They just can't wait to open them. I am amazed how many Christians I meet that have got unopened gifts of the Spirit all around their lives, and we've just never unwrapped them and worked out how to use what God's given us. Gifts are given for us to receive and then use. thats It's so simple. And sometimes the things of the Spirit are so simple, we overcomplicate them. And we sometimes miss how amazing this is. And so gifts need to be opened. They need to be recognized, received unpacked and then grow skillful in their use. Gifts don't often come fully developed. The gifts of spirit don't come fully developed. Guarantee the first time you prophesied, it was uh, with a little bit of stammering, a little bit of fear, and maybe a whole lot of uncertainty and thinking, is this God or is this me or is this what I heard someone else say? You know, we all go through those stages. The first time you prayed for someone and the power of God started to touch them and they got healed, you're whoa. First time you pray for something that got delivered from an evil spirit, that's, that's always an exciting adventure, first time that happens. I was about 18 and we were in a church in Nambour and we had this evangelist, so there's people getting impact everywhere. And this guy's manifested on the front row and the pastor said, I was, a, I was just joined the youth leadership team. He says, could you take him out and get him set free? No training at the time. I'd been brought up, but I had never done it. So I take him out the back room and I'm praying for him and casting everything out and doing whatever. I had no idea, but we're just using the name of Jesus. This guy's not getting free. After all, I said, Holy Spirit, what's going on? He said, ask him if he wants to be free. Oh, that's a clever. That's a word of knowledge. So I said, do you really want to be free? And he looked at me and says, no. I thought, how to? He was a backslidden Christian, didn't want to change his lifestyle. He didn't want to be free. I thought, no wonder I wasn't making any progress. So I learned real fast, ask the Holy Spirit what's happening don't assume, just ask. I learned a big lesson then on getting people free of evil spirits. They've got to want to be free. And so I didn't understand it. It wasn't developed. So over the years, you become more skillful in the use of the gifts of the Spirit. And I pray that you are prophesying or ministering now with a greater level of faith, a greater level of confidence, a greater level of wisdom and fruit coming from your life so that the gift isn't contaminated because of your crazy lifestyle. But it can be embraced and received. Hey, that person, they really love people. I need to listen to what they say. We've all met one or two people, interesting Pentecostals, that have got gifts, but their lifestyle and their fruit is just way out there. And you think, wow, that discredits the Holy Spirit. So we're all growing. So we need to grow skillful. The Bible actually teaches us to train yourself in godliness. Wow, some of us go to the gym and we do all this stuff and we we go to university, we train ourselves in skills. But I think we've almost lost the art of training ourselves in godliness and in the realm of the spiritual ministry and gifts. It's a training. It's like you get into the school of the spirit and you never leave it until we make it to heaven. You just become more and more effective on the journey and I believe God's teaching us how to do that flow in the spirit and love people and honor God 1 Corinthians 12 1 says now about the spiritual gifts special endowments given by the Holy Spirit brothers this is, I do not want you to be uninformed or the King James says I don't want you to be ignorant that's a full-on non-politically correct word these days to call someone ignorant He said, I don't want you to be that way. I want you to know, understand them and flow with them. And we did a little survey here. Don Macdonald was preaching a while ago and did an evangelism seminary. He he asked people to quote the nine fruit of the Spirit and and most people got eight or nine of them. He said, who can tell me the nine gifts of the Spirit? I was in the front row. He wouldn't let me speak because I knew him. There was only one or two people in our church could quote all nine of them, trade off like that. And I thought, dear God... We don't even understand what the fruit, the gifts of the Spirit are anymore. No wonder we don't work and we don't even know what they're called. That was a rebuke to me and that was what stirred me to do this series over the last uh, six weeks or so on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And it goes on in verse 4. Now there are distinctive varieties of spiritual gifts, special abilities given by the grace and extraordinary power of the Spirit operating in believers... But it's the same Spirit who grants them and empowers believers. Then we go on to verse 11 in 1 Corinthians 12. All these things, the gifts, the achievements, the abilities, the empowering, are brought about by one and the same Spirit, distributing to each one individually, just as He wills or chooses. Now, I've heard a whole lot of people opt out and say, Well, God's given me the gift of prophecy, and they never pursue any of the other gifts. I have a problem with that because I believe that we can be available and the Holy Spirit can flow through us with all nine of those mentioned gifts and a whole lot of others that are mentioned in other parts of the Bible about uh, leadership and generosity, all sorts of different gifts, motivational gifts and leadership gifts and life skills. Someone said, what's the best gift? I said, the best gift is the one that's needed right then for the person in front of you. If they need a miracle, they don't just need a prophetic word. They need a miracle. They need you to be reaching out and believing for the gift of miracles to flow or for a uh, something supernatural, a gift of faith to break through. So that's why I believe that if we're spiritful believers, that we have the potential and the likelihood to be able to flow in all nine of those gifts mentioned there. And I know that if we had time to sit and discuss that, but some of us would think back and say, well, yeah, I think God's used me in all nine of those and, and lots of other different types of expressions of spiritual life. Some of us might be newer in our faith or younger. You're saying, well, I'm just getting a handle. Often prophecy is the first one many people step into because you've got to learn to hear the voice of God and know what he's speaking. And most of the other gifts flow out of that. That's why he says, I want you to desire the gifts, especially prophecy, because I think it's the doorway for most people to start because that's where you have to know and discern the voice of the Holy Spirit. And we need to release that and flow. And uh, God wants us to flow in. In mean, 1 Corinthians 12, 7 to 10, it lists the nine gifts, and we won't go through them all, but they are broken up into three areas, three gifts of revelation or supernatural insight, the word of wisdom, word of knowledge and understanding, and discerning or distinguishing of spirits. We have the three gifts of power, which talks about getting things done supernaturally. We have the gifts of healing, working of miracles, and gift of faith. And we have the three vocal gifts, the supernatural utterances of um, gift of prophecy, message in tongues, and interpretation of tongues. And God wants us to be available to have those gifts flowing in our lives, in our churches, in our families, in our communities. Because we need a great move of God across our nation And one of the things that needs to happen is we need a much greater flow of the life and gifts of the Spirit in the church. I reckon if we had the majority of the church understanding and flowing in prophetic life and ministry, we'd have very few people in our community having to go off to fortune tellers or tarot cards or any of those things. They go there because they don't know the church has got the real, they're just getting the counterfeit. Same with healing. If we, if we had the genuine flow of miraculous healing power, when in the book of Acts it says quite a few times, they brought all their sick in the whole community. Where to? Not the hospital, but to the church, to the, where the Spirit of God was moving. And I'm convinced that if we just do what God's told us to do in the book of Acts and in the Bible, we will see, and there's a great hunger rising across our land, There's a great battle over the soul of our nation right now. Christians are being stirred up to stand up or they're compromising and following into deception. It's happening so fast now all across our community, our churches, everywhere. And that's going to increase, not get less. And so we've got to learn to be men and women of the Spirit. We've got to make room for the Spirit in our churches and our ministries and groups more than ever. Because let me tell you, that's what the world is looking for. They will oppose and fight, but there's a whole lot of people desperately searching and coming. Way too much of our Christianity in, in Australia and in the Western world has been mind-based, and we've got to get back to spirit-based. Ministry, because The Holy Spirit comes to born again of the Spirit of God, and then your mind gets renewed. Way too much of our Christianity has gone to mind base. We don't want to offend people. We want to keep it nice and pleasant and all that. And I believe the Spirit of God's bring bringing the church back to what true ministry is, which is the Spirit transformed, then the mind renewed. It's very hard to get the mind renewed before the Spirit's transformed because out of your innermost being flows the, the real issues of the heart. So if that's not changed, this can never be fully changed. And I believe God's stirring the body of Christ back to true spirit heart ministry. And then there'll be healing in the body, renewal of minds, and all the other dynamics that come with a wholeness and expression of the gospel of the kingdom. We stirred you up yet? No one's throwing a Bible at me yet. That's a good start. These gifts of the spirit, we need to understand what they are, how they operate. Be open for the Holy Spirit to use you in one or more of these gifts. If, as Pentecostal believers, if you haven't been used in one or more of these gifts, ask God to open up an opportunity and He will. He loves to for you to grow, He loves your spiritual capacity to grow. Maybe you've operated in something um, months or years ago and it hasn't happened for a while. Say, God, I'm open. I'm really hungry for that gift of faith to, to happen again. Lord, I'm really hungry. There's, oh, I need discerning of spirits. There's so much deception going on. I need real discernment of what's of God and what's of the devil and what's of human souls and reasoning and broken hearts. We need discernment more than ever. Word of wisdom and discerning of spirits is probably the greatest gifts that we need now in the body of Christ because so many things are taught, expressed, communicated that are not truth. We've got fake news everywhere in the media and one of the TV channels has just been um, pol- apologised yesterday for the fake news that they were doing. at uh, Channel 10 for misrepresenting um, activists who they said were against the same-sex marriage debate. And they they switched the pictures and just recently put it on in Australia as totally fake news. They got called out and had to apologise yesterday. And so that's going on all around us all the time now. And so we need, in the church, we need to have discerning of spirits And such clarity, not weirdness, not judgment, but love and discernment of what's the real issues going on in our families, in our churches, in our community, in our nation. And God's going to help us. That's why I say we need the gifts and the life of the Spirit more than ever now. I really, really believe that. How long is it since the message in tongues and interpretation has happened in your church? That's a good question Uh uh-oh, God wants us to be open to His Spirit flowing, and I don't want to be weird and, and wind the clock back to something that's traditional and wrong. I want to have life flowing in the Holy Spirit, because tongues are a sign to the unbeliever. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 3 says, tongues are a sign to the unbeliever. And yet I hear pastors and churches say, we don't want any public speaking in tongues. It'll it'll offend and turn people away from the gospel. Rubbish. The Bible says exactly the opposite. It says tongues are a sign to the unbeliever. I can tell you dozens of stories of people who got saved and the first thing that got their attention, they heard someone speaking in tongues, someone else interpret, and they say, I don't understand that, but they keep coming back to find out because their spirit gets stirred, their mind gets offended, so we don't want to offend their mind, so we keep it all numbed down. But the Spirit of God says, I will reach their heart and that will stir them. Come, That's what happened to Mary Lynn. She walked into a Pentecostal church on the Sunshine Coast at Danbor, a Catholic background, Walks in, sees all the praise and worship. The next thing, someone speaks in tongues, another one interprets. She'd never seen it before. She said, I don't understand this, but God's in this house. That's what kept her coming for three weeks and got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. And three weeks later, she was in a home group at the uh, Nambour Caravan Park. And they were, she'd got filled with the Holy Spirit and was just worshipping in tongues while the guitarist was playing, whatever it was. And At the end of the meeting, this lady comes up and says, how long have you been speaking French. And Marilyn said, I don't know French. I know a couple of Italian words from my Italian neighbours in North Queensland. That's all I know. This lady looked at a puzzle and says, Really? She said, I'm a French lecturer at university and you were speaking fluent French before. So Marilyn quickly as an eighteen year old twig and says, What did I say? <laughs> and this lady said, You were explaining who Jesus was and telling me how to get my life sorted out with God and to come to Christ with salvation. Don't tell me tongues aren't assigned to an unbeliever. That lady could have listened to 10 nice sermons, but she'll never forget that encounter, because that gets their spirit, you see. And we've, we've sometimes listened to the lie that we've got to numb stuff down. We've got to be wise and central. And Paul says, don't let everyone be rabbiting on in tongues and you've got 25 people jumping up and the service is chaos. But he talks about some God. He says, let things be done decently and in order. Hey, they had Holy Spirit chaos, a bit of wildfire and bushfire and every sort of fire of the Spirit going. They needed a few guidelines. We tried to bring guidelines in when nothing's happening so that nothing out of order will happen. How crazy can we be in leadership? I mean, God help us. The more we make room for the Spirit, the more miracles we see happen. The more people walk in and say, whoa, God's in this house. They walk in and they, the, they start crying as they walk through the door. I had one guy a few weeks ago, we had a Nadoc themed service. And the presence of God was just in the house. We had probably 70 or 80 indigenous people came in. And, and something happened. And a white guy who had been a couple times before, he came in. And I gave a brief talk on reconciliation. Made an older call just a hands up. I normally get people to front, just did hands up. And I saw him, and I saw his hand, I thought, this is a meaningful one. So I'll go to find him straight after the service. He's down the back there, and I come up, and and I said, wow, Anthony, God's touched your life today. And he looked at me, and he could not speak. He was so overcome by the presence of God, he could not speak. He's trying to motion to me, and he's crying. And this is a, a, a mine worker, an Aussie bloke that comes in and out of Harvey Bay. This was his third time in our service. He was so overcome by the power of God, he got totally... Born again, right there. I don't have to follow him up. He follows me. Last week he rang me from Western Australia on the mine side said, I've I've finished Matthew, Mark, Luke and John and Acts. What do I read next? (laughs) He rings me from the back of Western Australia. When they get converted, they follow you up. You don't have to keep chasing them. I love that sort of... I wish that happened to everyone we have. It doesn't happen to everyone. But I believe that the more room we make for the Spirit, the more we'll see true transformation, not just decisions, but transformation. And we need to... One of the ways, I'm not saying this is the only way, you need to preach the Word with faith, you need to love them, you need to do all those things. But I reckon this is the missing key sometimes. And because when the Spirit's moving, there's such excitement and dynamic. You don't have boring services. I had a lovely older lady, was here on Sunday, she comes from Ipswich, and she's been in Pentecost church nearly all of her life, and I didn't know who she was, she was visiting with one of the ladies in our church, and I had, during the service, I had two words of knowledge for particular aspects of healing. She had both of those conditions, so she comes out, and I didn't have time to talk to her. I just prayed for her, and the power of God hit her, and I caught her, I took, she talked to me at morning tea time, she says, wow, wow. She said, both those conditions was me. She said, I don't even go to Pentecostal churches half the time now because they're so plain boring that nothing happens anymore. This is this. Is, she's a lovely old lady, not judgmental. She said, I just get so frustrated. They're so boring and predictable. But she said, today something stirred my heart. And the power of God was, she, she said, don't stop doing it. And I thought, that, I went home feeling great that day. I thought, wow, at least someone. And, and, and I thought, God, help us. Because I miss it more often than I get it. But I thank God when you get those, isn't it awesome when you get those responses? When God shows up and does the real transformations. and I, Because for years, we've just determined to make room for the Spirit. Not to be weird and wacky, just make room for the Holy Spirit. Learn how to become skillful in the gifts of the Spirit. Learn how to do them, moved by love, by wisdom, by discernment, and by increasing Revelation. Because I've learnt the more you step out, the more God does. And there are mysteries when it comes to healing and the gifts of spirit, but we'll never understand. Bill Johnson sees thousands of deaf people get healed, but his own son still hasn't been healed. And his own son says to his dad, I think he's, what, late 30s or 40 or something, he says to his dad often, don't stop praying for the deaf, because I see them get healed all the time. Just because I'm not healed, don't let that play on your mind and get you offended at God. I thought, wow, that's maturity from his own son. There's mysteries of healing and supernatural. You will never be able to put God in a box. And because we had so much mind-based Christianity, we try to put God in boxes. And he loves to break out of them. And I just believe that we're moving into a season of supernatural impact. And let me tell you, when the gifts of the Spirit start to flow, the atmosphere shifts. You're going to be having... A nice song service and everyone's into it, and then someone starts to sing a prophetic song. Or they they start playing some chords on the instrument, and you know it's shifted from just nice music to Holy Spirit empowered. Or someone gives a prophetic word, or or someone's doing communion, and halfway through their communion they you just know they've touched the stream of the spirit. Or the preaching halfway through, all of a sudden something shifts gears and you watch the atmosphere shift in the church. Those that are half asleep, all of a sudden their their eyes are like this, and you know. The atmosphere shifted, and I know prophecy is the thing that stirs me. When I get prophetic words, something shifts immediately. I step into that river of the Spirit, and everything else in the service is easy. It's so easy. You've got to find out what are your sweet spots and what stirs your heart. If you've got a teaching gift, you will teach under the anointing, and you'll, you'll start with a few scriptures, and all of a sudden you think, wow, that's revelation. The Spirit now is coming with revelation, not just information. And all of a sudden, their ears of the head are hearing, but their ears of their spirit are now captivated. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Seven times, that's mentioned in Revelation. I'm no Bible scholar, but if you have something repeated twice, God's really trying to get your attention. Three times, He's shouting loud. Seven times, He's saying, whoa! Whoa! Don't ever forget this. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And he's shouting loud and clear right now. If you want to deal with all the confusion across our land, as men and women of God, we've got to like room for the Spirit. We've got to step up and live in His freedom and confidence and just keep growing. It's not what level you're up to that counts. It's whether you're still growing. Don't compare yourself with someone who's been ministering for 30 years and saying, well, I wish I could be like that. When I was young in the church at Nambour and I'd watch people prophesy and move in the gifts and miracles of healing, I'd always be the one catching because I just want to be close to the action. I'd always be up the front. I'd be on the front row. I'd always be on the front row or second front row because I want to be close to the action and I want to be hearing what the Spirit was saying. I didn't want to just hear what the preaching said. I want to hear. So when I'm walking up, I'd hear them Sometimes praying and prophesying as people, not publicly over the mic, but you'd hear and you'd learn. And I used to walk up and down and say, Lord, one day I want to prophesy like that. One day I want to see miracles happen. And that was my passion for years. I said, one day, one day, one day. I refused to let go of that. And now, 30-something years later, I am seeing more and more of the life of the Spirit because I've just determined to run after it. Because it says, eagerly desire the spiritual gifts eagerly desire, that's a very strong, passionate term. And some people say, well, I'm not that way inclined. Well, I'm not sure what you mean by that. Because when it says their gifts available, and they will be expressed, the key is, like I was uh, speaking to uh, Lockie before, be yourself. No one else is better qualified. Just be yourself. The more naturally I with the spiritual gifts, the more people receive it and respond to it. If you get a little bit um, crazy with your voice, or you? I used to be too intense and just about blow people out of the water. But I've learned to be passionate, but not intense. There's a difference. There is. There's a difference between being passionate and intense. To take time to let people respond and and grab what God's saying. We're not going to go through all the nine gifts because there's so many amazing uh, gifts there. And but discerning of spirits, I really believe. We need to have that flowing very clearly in our lives. Word of knowledge and word of wisdom. I remember when I was young, we'd have, I remember hearing Gerald Rowland's first move in the word of knowledge and people getting healed when I was only a young guy. I thought, wow, how did he do that? And I'm about a 10 or 12 year old, I was thinking, how did he do that? How did he know that? And I was just an inquiring mind trying to work it out. And then I was in meetings with, uh, in the early days when Clark Taylor and other um, evangelists and Uh, that were flowing and you'd see these incredible miracles happen and the power of God and they'd walk into a meeting and people 10 paces away would be just thrown down under the power of God. People who weren't even saved would, would fall on the ground when they walked through the door and I said, God, what happened to those days? He says, you can't go back to those days, but the same Spirit is at work and He will manifest today in relevant, powerful ways to get a hold of people's minds and hearts. And He will do it because it's the same Holy Spirit yesterday, today and forever. And I believe we're moving into a season where we're going to see incredible Holy Spirit flow and life and power. Don't just hunger to go back to the good or the bad old days that happened 5 or 10 or 20 or 50 years ago, but embrace the foundation and say, Lord, we're hungry for more. Are there some more gifts I haven't unwrapped yet? Or maybe I've unwrapped it, but I don't know how to use it very well yet. It'll always take your faith to keep stepping up. It just keeps taking faith. And some of you will be bold. You'll often be bolder in one or two gifts. For some of you, it's healing. As soon as you see someone sick, you can't wait to pray the prayer of faith and believe. For some of you, it's prophecy. For some, you've just got an incredible antenna you can discern right from wrong, very sharply. God will often give you one or two gifts as your greatest strength, and that will often be the doorway for you to move in and grow in the others. Don't make it formulas. It's always out of relationship. And God surprises you. Every now and then, He just blows me away and says, there's so much more. You know, you're flowing along, you see a couple of people getting saved and some radical breakthroughs, and you think, wow, this is awesome. And then God will totally blow you out of the water. I remember years ago I was prophesying over a couple. I was in the squash courts in Bud. I called this couple. I never met them before. They were visitors. I said, God's got a word for you. And the guy yells out, No, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> and the wife's saying, Yeah, please tell me. I'm thinking, What do I do now? I got a marital dispute publicly. And the whole church is looking at me with eyes saying, What are you going to do now, Pastor? I'd never been in a position where the husband didn't want to hear it and the wife did. I said, Holy Spirit, what do I do? He said, give her give her as much of the word as you can that his restriction is allowing. Okay, so I spoke about half of the prophetic word. She came up afterwards so appreciative. She said, thank you, Pastor. I said, what's the story with your husband? She said, oh, he got... He got really wounded years ago from prophecies that manipulated his life. And he's been so uh, cautious and resistant ever since. But she said, I'm just so hungry. I've had that too, but I want to go on. But he won't. I thought, how sad is that? And he just walked out and wouldn't let me connect. So there will be times where God will surprise you. I remember about three years ago when this spirit of revelation was increasing. One Sunday night, I walked into church. For some reason, I was... A few minutes later, I walked in as I was singing the first song. This still blows me away. It was about three years ago it happened. And I was really starting to plug in and put my hands up and get the antenna going and starting to write down the words of knowledge or prophetic or the theme that God wanted to do. I walked through the door. I looked up and the so- words of the song were there. By the time I got from there to there, the next time I looked up, the words of the song weren't there anymore. There was 10 words of knowledge for me to write down on the screen for me to see. No one else saw them, but I saw them. And I wrote them down. And then the next time I looked up, it was back to the words of the song. I said, Holy Spirit, this is freaky stuff. It blew me away about three years ago. I said, okay, Holy Spirit, what are you up to? He says, I just want you to know There's a whole world of revelation, a realm of the Spirit that you only just tap occasionally. Oh, that blew me away. It still does when I talk about it. It's never happened since. It was like God, because I was preaching that night on our five senses physically and how we have the similar five senses in the Spirit realm. And so God said, okay, I'll demonstrate the sermon before you preach. That's exactly what happened. (laughs) <laughs> and there's no limit. We, I, I just think, God, we settle for so much less. Why did Jesus see so much when it says the Spirit came upon him without limit. We get excited when we get a little touch and a stirring and God flows through us and someone gets set free. Hallelujah! But God says there's so much more. So much more. And you go through the different gifts of the Spirit and the gifts of healing. I think, oh, Lord. And I've found the more I teach the people and speak, in you know, then the life groups start coming back and saying, hey, so-and-so got healed in our life group meeting the other day. You know, because it just flows. What you open the door for and give attention to will grow. And I want to encourage you in our churches. You might say, well, I'm still not sure how to do it. The Holy Spirit will teach you if you're hungry. Get around a few fathers and mothers in the faith and they'll help you. I made a few mistakes in my early days, but I was willing to talk to someone and say, hey, Not sure if that went so well. They said, I saw your heart, but it didn't come out real well, did it? I said, no. I said, how can I do it better next time? If you keep a teachable heart, God will keep trusting you. I get really nervous when I see one or two people say, it's my ministry or my gift. (laughs) They walk into your church and after about three say, hey, pastor. Can we have some room for my gift to manifest in this church? And then, whoa. It's not your gift. It's the Holy Spirit who's entrusted you with hands and heart that he wants you to be a safe person that's led by the Spirit and love and wisdom and grace. Because it's his body. It's his, even the unsaved people, they're not yet Christians, but they are made in the image of God and we need to treat them with great grace and love and kindness and respect. That's what we need to do in the body of Christ. And I just believe there's so much more that God wants us to flow in, in His gifts. I just want to finish with two scriptures to wrap this session up. Make room for the Holy Spirit to flow. 1 Thessalonians 5, 20 and 21 in the Amplified says, Do not quench, subdue, or be unresponsive to the working and guidance of the Holy Spirit. Do not scorn or reject gifts of prophecies or prophecy or prophecies, spoken revelations, words of instruction or exhortation or warning. Wow, I'll read that again because this is a really powerful, I've been in meetings sometimes and I my wife and I, we just go out grieved in our spirit, and we, we're apologizing the Holy Spirit to us for things I see go on or not go on in church services or at meetings or events. I think, Holy Spirit, you were here to do so much more, but someone or a group of people just didn't want to or weren't in tune or didn't get it. And not that we were any more spiritual, but I just you just knew in the Spirit there was so much more God wanted to do. It says... Do not quench, subdue, or be unresponsive to the working and guidance of the Holy Spirit. That's pretty powerful, hey? Do not scorn or reject gifts of prophecy or prophecies. Spoken revelation, words of instruction, or exhortation, or warning. Why do we sometimes? Often it's fear-based. We're scared that we're going to make a mistake. We're scared that someone's going to get offended. Be wise shepherds. And when God starts to move, shepherd and teach your people. Instead of closing something down because someone doesn't quite do it right, take that person aside and teach them and talk with them and train the rest of the body how to discern and flow together. Way too many, at times we just close it down because that's safer. That's fear. Nothing else but fear unless it's really out of order, then you speak into it and address it and teach your way through it. Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit moved and then Peter got up and preached and explained what had just happened. We preach and then hope something might happen at the end. I'm not sure where we got that process, but it's not the only way to do life. i found the more what I did today. Just get two or three prophetic words or a word of knowledge or pray for someone that's sick. Before I preach, that everyone's ears are all open and preaching so easy because you've opened up the realm of the Spirit. It's not a formula, but I regularly do something different. Just make room. And I'm amazed then people are all ears to hear what the Spirit's saying through the teaching. And God wants us not to let fear, but let's pastor and lead our people with understanding the real the last verse is Ephesians 4 verse 30 I'll read this in the message version it says don't grieve God don't break his heart His holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life making you fit for himself don't take such a gift for granted Wow wow wow. Those two verses the last four or five years have been my constant companion. They have so stirred my heart. I don't live in fear all the time. I live hopefully with an increasingly soft heart to the voice of the Spirit of God. Don't gr- how do we grieve God? That's when we sometimes deliberately sin or we deliberately disobey or we allow fear to stop us teaching or flowing or growing in what God's wanting us to do. And the enemy's a real master at that. He'll he'll say, oh, you'll blow it again. You know? Someone will get upset. I've, I don't have many people walk out of our services angry or upset unless they are full of demons and they're not ready to respond. That's okay. Light and darkness clashing. But I'm amazed. When the Spirit of God starts moving, people get engaged. I've even had deliverances happening on the floor up here. And I look up and think, I wonder what the transformation guys are thinking right now, because these guys are rough and tumble guys in the drug and alcohol, and some of them have come out of years in prison. I'm thinking, wow, what's going to be... And you you sort of your mind kicks in for a few seconds. I wonder what they're thinking. I look up, and I remember one night, there's six of them standing on their seats in the fourth row, cheering and clapping. (laughs) While someone's... They're not even saved... They weren't afraid. They said, wow, there's some power of God because they've come out of darkness. They've seen evil and destruction and death and brokenness and pain. And they see someone getting set free. They're cheering. It's only the religious people get upset with that. But the people that need Jesus, they are so excited with spiritual life. Whoa. I've just rattled a few cages right now. Not we Don't be weird. We, we walk with wisdom. That doesn't happen every week, but I just want to say, don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Walk with wisdom. We do multiple services. We don't do five-hour services unless God really takes over. And it's a long time since I've done a three or four-hour service. Probably the last one was in Fiji where they sing for two hours and then preach for two hours and then pray for another two. <laughs> we don't do that in our culture. But I found in an hour and a half, you can have a very impacting, powerful work of the Spirit and people getting healed and saved and set free and doesn't have to go on forever because you learn to be sharp and plug in and be tuned in. Don't grieve God. Why don't we stand in his presence? I just want, I just want you to reflect just for a couple of minutes we're not going to have an article or a response time, but just where we are and I don't want this to be any sense of condemnation or judgment, but just Holy Spirit challenge, in our hearts, just to ask that question. Lord, do I regularly grieve you or do I quench you? And for some of us, the Holy Spirit will just nudge you in an area and it'll be because there's fear or something's happened in the past. Maybe you've had a wrong prophecy over you. Someone prophesied and, and just, it wasn't right. It was a false or half, half their spirit and half God and it can get you to put up barriers be hesitant to receive yourself, but then that can hinder you from even letting that flow through you. Or we've seen other people do just unwise, dumb stuff. Or the enemy lies to us and says you're not spiritual enough for God to trust you with this gift. <laughs> He's got so many deceptive tricks. Just take a moment. Just let the Holy Spirit just just nudge your hearts just a moment of surrender not condemnation or judgment just surrender I just see the Holy Spirit showing a few of you some of the unwrapped gifts that he's put around your life time to unwrap them I see confidence just starting to flow like a river into some people's hearts you think wow I have been hearing from God well just give me wisdom to know how to flow with that If you're a worship leader or singer, just to make room for that spirit to fly. If you're a Bible teacher or a life group leader, you're discipling new Christians, let's teach them how to quickly learn the ways of the Spirit. Kids, they get filled with the Spirit so easy. They start prophesying over one another and see visions. So young, we just adults, we get it complicated and make it too hard. There's a few people here today and I just feel this incredible call of the Spirit and you've realized that for whatever reason there's been a part of your heart that you've held back or it's been restricted. I just feel today the Holy Spirit comes with freedom right now. Right now. Just receive it. Right now. A lifting off. A lifting off of that condemnation and fear. By association, there's some things of spiritual breakthrough, but there was also some great intimidation of the enemy. And, and he lied to you and said, it's going to cost you too much, so you've played it safer than he's wanted. Just pray quietly in the Spirit for a minute. Just, just let your heart, just, just respond. I just feel his love drawing us, just, just drawing us. Oh, just his intimacy, his presence, just now his intimacy. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for Himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. Lord, I just thank You for lifting off limitations. Lord, lifting off fear. Lord, just helping us to be drawn into that life, that flow, that freedom. Oh, Holy Ghost, just let that river flow. Oh, let your favor just flow right now. Let the favor of Christ just overflow our hearts. Oh, your freedom, Lord. Condemnation lifted off. Oh, life. Confidence. Confidence just growing and flowing, Lord. Lord, even just accurate revelation of discernment. Oh, Lord, we're available. We just say, Lord, we're available. Lord, we're hungry. We're available. We desire earnestly You and the gifts of the Spirit. Lord, we earnestly desire You and the gifts of the Spirit. Oh, we just a hunger for You, Lord. That's right. Just let the freedom fly. There's a freedom just coming over hearts right now. Oh, freedom right now. Lord, freedom in the spirit. Oh, no. Spirit, you yeah, So just welcome me you into your life and your you ministry, Lord, this place and fill, fill the the atmosphere. Atmosphere. More love. Your glory, God, is what our hearts love. To be overcome by your presence, Lord and Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts for. To be overcome by your presence. Your presence. The Holy Spirit's just here filling. I just feel a release coming. It's like the green light has gone on for you to step out in the life of the Spirit more. There's been an orange light for a few people, but I see that it's just switched to green. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah the green light's on. Yeah. So it's okay to step up and step out. Yeah. It's okay to go forward. No, 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 no. It's okay to go forward. No more red lights. Oh, the green light has come. The green light's there for your life and your spirit. The green light's on. He said, it's okay. It's okay. Just go. Go forward with freedom. Oh, my, my, no. There's several people here and you're in pain right now. You've either got a headache or there's some pain in another part of your body. If that's you, just lift your hand right now. We want to pray. Yeah, yeah. Just keep it up on higher. Now, if you don't have your hand up, find someone who has. And I want you to just go and surround them with faith right now. Just keep your hand up if you're in pain or got a headache or some pain in your body right now. Let's just believe... Let's believe for the working of miracles, the gift of healing right now. Just, re- just release it right now. Just by faith. Just release it right now where you are. Just simple faith saying, Jesus, release your healing power right now. Right now. God, just release that healing power right now. Right now, Jesus. Mm. Oh, Jesus. Just release that right now. healing. So I just received. Oh, we love you, dear. Holy Spirit, just build this atmosphere over tonight and tomorrow. Teach and equip us in the ways of the Spirit of God. We love you. Let your Spirit just overflow our hearts. Oh, Lord, you're so good. Let us become more aware. Oh, Jesus. Oh, let your Spirit overflow us, Lord. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Oh, Jesus is here by his Spirit. Well, it's time to go and have some natural food. We could stay here all night, but we're going to come back by seven so trust you all got a program it's pretty simple um, head off to wherever you want to grab some dinner those are staying at oceans there's uh, the Bayswater restaurant in front or there's lots of other cafes or restaurants you want to grab some food be back before seven come back about five or ten. Days. we'll have a whole band on tonight we're going to have an awesome time of worship then pastor Ben's going to be on preaching and teaching and and what God's just going to continue to flow so just let come with hungry hearts the life of the spirit and uh Let's just have great fellowship and discussion. Get to know some other folks that you don't know. See you back here just before seven. Don't forget to take your, uh, your uh, print with you. One per couple. Enjoy that. God bless you. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.